Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. This is Earl Stewart, the recovering car dealer. I'm live, and uh, we're here in a very exciting time. We we're just talking about before we got on live on the air. It's a kind of a stressful time here in South Florida. Not only do we have the greatest uh, crisis, arguably the greatest crisis in human history, with the coronavirus. Now we have a hurricane coming in on us, and that's always exciting uh, uh, for us uh, car dealers. That uh, this is the end of the month, so that's an exciting time for car dealers all over. They get really excited. Sometimes it can be a really good time for you, but uh, that's another story. We'll talk about that later. For you newbies, uh, this is a, a show all about how not to get ripped off by a car dealer. And uh, strangely enough, the car business is very good. Uh, new vehicles, used vehicle sales are doing very well. Now, it's not uniformly so. Uh, there are some car dealerships that are off, some dealer, other dealerships that are actually setting new records. Overall, uh, the car business in the United States is quite brisk, which is counterintuitive, as they say, because there are a lot of business, like restaurants, that are just dying and bankruptcies are going up. But for some reason, you uh, consumers uh, are buying cars. And um, I have a theory, which is uh, we feel safer in our cars and uh, we want to uh, uh, do things that we did differently before the virus hit. Uh, instead of taking a plane or a train, you take an automobile, and uh, you feel safer inside. You can disinfect it, and, and you're like in your little capsule with your family, and you're happy. You don't have to wear your mask. Uh, so I think that's part of it. Uh, whatever, uh, just a heads up, the car dealers are making a ton of money, and uh, they're selling cars like hotcakes, new and used, and because of the shortage, they're charged on a lot of money. So that is, I think if you're out there listening now, you can probably pick up some tips from this show, ask some questions. We love the questions. Uh, I give the number out, uh, Nancy and Josh, my son, Rick Kearney, who is a technician that's been with me for 25 years. We're going to keep bombarding you with this number, 877-960-9960. Uh, that's 877-960-9960. Uh, it's our call-in number. Uh, we also have the Facebook posting, uh, EarlOnCars.com forward slash Facebook. Uh, we got uh, uh, we got YouTube, same thing with YouTube. We got Twitter, Earl on Cars. Uh, we're all over cyberspace. We have callers from all over the United States, uh, and we even have some from international. So uh, we have a text number, 772-497-6530. That's area code 772-497. Four nine seven six five three zero. So, uh, you make the show. You truly do. Your questions tell us what you're interested in, what you want answers to, and it's a particularly important time to be informed 
buying, buying a car. When you have a short supply of new and used cars, and you have car dealers out there that are doing a whole lot of business, uh, supply and demand, well, a basic law of economics. When you have a few Ford F-150 pickup trucks versus a whole lot of them, the few are going to be higher priced, just by definition, and the uh, profits are up to dealers considerably, like 20, 25, 28, 30% in new and used cars. So don't be a victim of that. The advice we give you on this show can still work and it can still take care of you. Uh, lest I forget the most important thing, probably more important than buying or selling or buying or leasing a car, is repairing or maintaining a car. Rick Kearney, who I mentioned earlier, sitting to my right, He's a certified diagnostic master technician. That's a mouthful. I call him an auto computer scientist, which is true. And if you have anything wrong with your car, and you just don't feel like going into a service department, uh, a bunch of people wearing masks, hopefully, and you're wearing a mask, and then some guy works on your car, and you wonder, what, did he touch my steering wheel? Did he, uh, did he sneeze? I mean, you don't want your car to be infected. So you say, hey, maybe I just, let me postpone it. If you have some questions that are making you nervous when you drive, call Rick, 877-960-9960, and say, hey, I, I got a sound like this, and uh, it does it this time, and just when I start it up, or describe it to him. He might tell you, hey, nothing to worry about. Or he might tell you, you probably ought to have it looked at, and he'll give you some advice on doing that. Um, I've got uh, my son Josh, who is substituting uh, for my son Stu, Josh Stewart. and. Uh, He's our uh, cyber master, our uh, investigator of the mystery shopping report. Uh, the, what do we call Spy master, that was the word I was looking for. He, d he dispatches the uh, agent funder into the field to try to find out which car dealers are legitimate and which are not legitimate, which ones are taking advantage of you and which ones are not. And we report this live. It'll be in the second part of the show. And of course, Nancy Stewart, uh, also uh, the founder of this show, been with me for 17 plus years, hmm. and uh, she is uh, our female advocate. Uh, we have a special offer for all first-time female callers. We've built, and I say we, Nancy, thanks to her over the years, has built the female audience up to half. We didn't used to be that way, and it uh, used to be kind of an uh, old guys club, you know, we just, a bunch of guys called in. Now we have a bunch of gals calling in, too, and it's uh, very refreshing. And Nancy sees uh, the auto world purchasing, leasing, buying, maintaining, repairing through female eyes, which is half of the folks out there that buy cars. So it's perfectly natural. Um, I'll turn the mic over to Nancy, and she'll tell you about the special offer she has. Thank you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that special offer that Earl talked about is uh, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, we certainly enjoy hearing from the ladies. You have a whole lot to say, so let your voice be heard. And take advantage of the $50 for the first two new lady callers at 877-960-9960. And uh, if you're a little shy, uh, you can give us a text at 772-497-6530. And uh, also, I'll mention the fact that uh, you can... Uh, well, you can voice your opinion, and uh, you don't even have to, uh, you know, give your identity. You can go to youranonymousfeedback.com, youranonymousfeedback.com. 
Now back to the recovering car dealer. Oh, excuse me. You know, to what um, you were talking about earlier with Rick, um, I really think that there are a lot of consumers that really don't take into consideration that sometimes they're going to spend more money on maintenance, um, uh, repairs, all of that, than they do on the car. And they have to take that into consideration. Uh, Rick, isn't, uh, would you, what would you say to that statement? It's absolutely true. If, if you keep the car for any number of years, I mean, if you are the sort that you lease cars and you trade into a new car every two to three years, the maintenance is usually covered by the manufacturer. So there's next to nothing. But otherwise, if you're going to keep that car seven, eight, nine years, 10 years, you pretty much can expect you're going to need maintenance. You're going to need certain repairs. Yeah, it can be pretty costly. And uh, <clears throat> uh, the uh, fact that uh, the cars are um, like on the road for, I don't know, now it's like they c people keep their cars for maybe 12 years. You yeah. Know, so. Okay. And also the fact that the older cars, Josh, what is the uh, rule of thumb we use? Uh, when an older car comes into the service department and the older cars are the ones that have the highest cost of repairs and maintenance, doesn't make any sense to spend too much money, does it? No, no, it doesn't. Um, you have to look at the value of the car versus the cost of the repair. And, and if you have a car that's worth $3,000, is it worth doing a new AC that might cost you around 1000 or more? Yeah. You have to do that math. And you got to remember that the people in the service drive, when you go into a service department, are all paid on commission. So. You might have an engine or transmission or some situation with a 10-year-old car that does require transmission or, or heavy engine work, and it could be several thousand dollars. And if he sells it to you and you buy that, he's going to get a nice commission on that sale. The technician that works on your car, uh, Rick Kearney, uh, works on commission. Uh, everybody in the car dealership virtually is kind of on commission, and some are on direct commission. So. If you've got a car that's worth, uh, you know, wholesale, and that's the way you have to look at it, mm -hmm. uh, $5,000, you don't want to spend $5,000 to fix it. And in fact, you don't want to spend $4,000 to fix it. Best thing to do is to trade it, and, uh, and then that goes into a whole other another discussion about be sure you get a good deal when you trade the car. So, yeah, it's one of the most common mistakes I see consumers making are spending too much money, good money after bad, on an older car. Typically, when the car starts to deteriorate, uh, it probably uh, will continue. It's not going to well maintained. It usually hangs in there for a long time. But once they start to to go, you could spend two thousand dollars, and that was okay. But then two months later, you spend another two thousand dollars. Now you wish you hadn't spent the first two thousand yeah. dollars. Not to mention the fact that you're putting a lot of money into an old car. And it's still going to be an old car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, those those new parts are fine. Yeah. But the rest of the car is still an old car. Exactly. It and doesn't it's... increase the value. It's no. just, yeah. Okay. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Text number is seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. How are we doing on phone calls, texts, uh, YouTube's? We got anything coming in? We got a couple of texts here. Okay. Uh, this will be definitely for Rick. It reads, uh, a friend of mine was told that the fuel injectors on her car were installed backwards. Is that even possible? Hmm. <laughs> and if so, how much should it cost for repair? Thank you. <laughs> if you could see the look on Rick's face right well, now. Maybe, maybe they were upside Rick, down. Rick says, say what? <laughs> maybe they're inside out. 
I would be heading for a second opinion very, very quickly somewhere else. Uh, fuel injectors really, uh, by their design, cannot be installed backwards in most cars that I'm aware of because so, yeah. <laughs> it's basically just a cylinder with an electrical connector on one side and if the the only way it could be backwards is if the connector was turned the wrong way and then you wouldn't be able to plug in the wires to it so I, I would be going to find a reputable mechanic that understands how they're supposed to be and get a second opinion on that yeah Absolutely. Sounds like sound advice. Um, we have uh, another couple ones here. Um, I believe this one came in last week. It's a comment on you, uh, Dad. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> it reads, I stopped. Anonymous? Uh, was this anonymous, Jonathan? Oh. No. No name. <laughs> oh, okay. No name, but it was a text. Oh, okay. But they did not sign their text. Uh -huh. um, he says, I stopped listening, or I'm assuming it's a he. That's, that's uh, a presumption of mine. But they said, I stopped listening when Earl kept calling the Genesis a Honda. Come on, guys. So the, it's an easy mistake to make between Hyundai and Honda. Well, you know, We've all done it. No, I, I apologize. That's stupid. I'm supposed to be uh, an expert, and for me not to recognize a model of a car, I plead not guilty. Mm -hmm. I will say this. This is not an excuse, but there was a time, uh, and before I was actually in the car business, when I could identify every car on the road. Yeah. There was only and, two manufacturers back then. Yeah, and, and I, was a, I, was, <laughs> I was a kid, right? <laughs> Touche. Uh, I was a kid and I loved cars, and I, I mean, I could tell you the year, uh, a make model, uh, cubic inches, uh, I mean, everything about cars. And now, you know, I guess I'm just, I don't know what it is. I, I see cars out there, that, I don't, this is an exaggeration, they all look the same to me. And, yeah. um, and there are, uh, uh, there's just a preponderance of models and makes, and uh, you got to be on top of it. I, I made a mistake and I was wrong. I'll try to be, be yeah. better you, about that. You know, I can confirm what you just said about knowing ev each and every yeah. car. I think that uh, I think that your dad was trying to impress me uh, <laughs> thirty some years ago. He would name that one, that one, that one. I said, "How do you know?" He he said, "I just do," and now they. You're right. They all look the same. And I can still name the old ones. I can see a 57 Chevy Power Pack. I know it's got a four-barrel carburetor. I mean, I know all that kind of stuff. I can tell you the cubic inches and the, and the rest of it. But today I see a, a truck. I said, that's a truck, as, as far as I can go. It's hard to keep it straight even within the brand. There's like, I mean, just to name Toyota has probably 15 different models with exactly. three or four different trim levels each. So yeah. you have 60 or 70 different models to, to memorize there. Yeah. I'm having a sudden flashback to the movie My Cousin Vinny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows the quote. I won't even go there. Yeah. Okay, got another text over there, Josh? Uh, Actually, no. Um, do we have any YouTube comments, Rick? Uh, we're holding quiet right now. Here's something I wanted to cover uh, while we have a lull, but I'll give the numbers out again. We've got to have the callers. I know the hur hurricane's coming, but uh, we're talking to people all over the United States. Hurricane's not going to hit you in, in Kansas or ca California. So call us, please, at 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Remember, the first two female callers, if you haven't called the show before, first two new female callers get 50 bucks. No conditions, cash on the on the barrel head. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't even have to talk to us. We'd like it if you talk to us, but if you just call 877-960-9960 and you're female, 
uh, and you haven't called the show before, uh, Kaching, Nancy. Speaking of which, we do have Grace on the line. Good morning, Grace. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Are you you're calling from Volusia County? Welcome to the show. Thank how, you. How can we help you? Well, my do you want my my question is what Toyota has the best gas mileage? Oh boy, am I glad Josh is here, <laughs> uh, or or Rick, either one of them. You think I'm stupid about models of cars? I don't even know uh, all the stuff about Toyota. There's a lot of data out there, so. Uh, Josh, which one has got the best gas mileage? Well, the first that jumps to mind is the Prius, of course. And now, and now we have a Corolla Hybrid that gets mileage right up there with the Prius, well over 50. Um, and then they're not very common, but you have the plug-ins. You have the Prius Prime, which gets the, uh, you know, the equivalent of 95 miles per gallon between the all-electric mode and, See, and, I didn't know and the hybrid that. mode. So. 95 miles per gallon. The equivalent is the MPGE, yeah. they call it. Exactly. Yeah, you have to plug it in, and that, yeah, mm -hmm. so equivalent. Uh, yeah, that's the answer. The, uh, the, the Prius and the Corolla Hybrid. Prius and the Prius Prime is the king of the road. It is. It's, they're a little more difficult to find. You know, yeah. the Corolla Hybrid and the uh, regular Prius are much more common. Grace, did that answer your question? Okay. It, you answered it. Thank you. Well, oh, thank you very, very welcome. much. I hope you can call again. We love female callers, and uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. We're trying to get a, a balance here, 50-50. And we love all you ladies to uh, give us your perspective on things and hear your questions. Yeah, definitely, Grace, and uh, spread the oh. word. You can help us build this platform for the females that uh, participate in the show or want to. And most of them are just a little bit bashful. But thank you. Thank you again for calling Earl Stewart on Cars. Okay, well, I was, gonna, I was just going to mention uh, something that I think can be useful uh, to all of our listeners. I open my automotive news this is the trade journal for for the uh, car dealers and all the auto manufacturers and uh on the right there uh a seller's market for those with cars to sell they're talking to dealers out there it is a seller's market and you know what a seller's market means a seller's market means that you're selling uh your product at a higher price than you normally do and uh when this coronavirus hit uh it was actually a good time to buy because uh, the volume of uh, the, uh, the inventories were higher and there were incentives out there to encourage people to come in and the dealers were selling cars pretty freely. And then as the inventories began to shrink, uh, the prices began to go up. So just a heads up to you now that if you're buying a new or used car, it is going to cost you a lot more money. And uh, I think uh, AutoNation uh, announced in their public quarterly report that just came out that their profits uh, on new cars are up 28%. Uh, they're making uh, somewhere around 21, over $2,100 per new vehicle. And that's not even counting the profit that they make in the finance department, which is another $2,000. So when you go to an AutoNation store, uh, and uh, they, they're really, they made a decision, Michael Jackson, uh, the president and CEO of, Auto, uh, of AutoNation, uh, he made a decision about two and a half years ago uh, not to try to push new car sales, but to raise the prices. And now he's even raised them again. So when you go into an automation store on the average, when you buy that new car, 
uh, you're paying about a $4,000 profit, which is considerably higher than uh, you would pay for most other dealers. AutoNation, uh, successfully, I mean, as a business person, I respect it as a publicly held company, and the stockholders are very happy to hear that, that AutoNation is doing quite well. So, uh, and other dealers are too. Be careful. And you just listen to the fundamentals, the basics that we'll talk about on the show, competitive comparison of prices, uh, using Costco auto buying program, using TrueCar, and uh, what else, Josh? Uh, what, what, what are other some uh, uh, of the important things we need to remember today? Well, I mean, other sites are Kelly Blue Book. I don't think you mentioned that one. Yeah. I think most importantly is, is just multiple bids. You know, especially it's easier on a new car because they're a commodity. You can find the same new car at several different dealerships. So if you're looking at a Chevy Camaro, just, you know, get a price online from one dealer and then exactly. shop it around on yeah. email to yeah. three, four, a dozen other dealers if you have the yeah. time. Yeah. And, um, and you will get the best price. And actually, you, you came up with this affidavit. Uh, it's a, a document. Uh, that can really help the buyers out there be sure they get uh, the real price, the out-the-door price. Yes, absolutely. Um, you can uh, download that affidavit at Erlon Cars, and uh, what it will allow you to do is to uh, either uh, fax it to the uh, dealership that you're dealing with or uh, take it in, and what they do is they sign it. They sign it for the out-the-door price. No shenanigans. It's a solid deal, yeah. and uh, I borrowed your word, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, thank you. A good definition to remember, and, and I think in plain words, you know, the affidavit. If they sign it, then you have them. You have them committed to do what they should have done in the first place. But right. uh, but you can. Uh, I like this. An out the door price is a price that I can write you a check for. I'm talking to you're the sales lady. So you're the sales lady, mm -hmm. and I say to you, okay, now. Uh, I'm talking to you on the phone, okay? And I'm going to come down there and pick up that new Honda Civic, and I'm going to write a check out for uh, $18,219.12. I'm going to hand you that check, and you're going to accept the check, and I'm going to get in that car, and I'm going to go home. <laughs> and meaning that you're not going to say, whoops, wait a minute, there's more. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, you know, Lojack. Uh, we've got Toyo Guard. Uh, we've got... Uh, uh, addendum label, we have a dock fee, we have an electronic filing fee, we have an administrative fee. These are all the sneaky tricks that virtually every car dealer employs when they quote you a price or advertise a price. So with Nancy's affidavit, when they sign it, they say, no, that's the total price, total, out the door, and I'm going to give you the check for that amount. And it's the honest price. It's the honest price, you yeah. Know, what a shame you have to paint such a specific <laughs> picture. You have to tell such a detailed story. Yeah. Now, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a check, and I want to be able to drive off with my car. Yeah. 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 Out the door doesn't mean out the door anymore <laughs> unless you really define it. Yeah. That's a good word, details. Mm -hmm. And the they details. do use that. They'll use the word to trick you. Um, Alpaca Ford. I'm not picking on Alpaca Ford. I mean, they're basically a good dealership. I think they're on the recommended list. We haven't shopped them in a while. But they use the slogan, bottom line price. But their bottom line price is not a bottom line price. No. And a lot of dealers use out the door price. Uh, so this is the Earl Stewart on cars definition of an out the door price. Write my check out for that amount and take my car home. End the conversation. And that is a definition. Uh, we know that uh, 
that uh, the dealer fee has become a generic term, and we actually have car dealers out there that are so sneaky, they're saying, no dealer fee. Well, that means they, they, they don't name their dealer fee a dealer fee. They name their dealer fee a dock fee, or an electronic filing fee, or a tag agency fee, or an administrative fee. And, and they'll have several of them. So it's the only way car dealers are making money today is by tricking you. And Nancy's affidavit will prevent that from happening. Yeah, you as a consumer can really protect yourself. And uh, today, there's uh, a number of ways that you can protect yourself when purchasing a vehicle. And, uh, you, you know, I have a question uh, for our listeners. Uh, give us a call or text us uh, with your answer. And in light of, uh, you know, the way things are right now with the pandemic and shortage of cars and, uh, well, that's just to name a few. Um, would you, the consumer, still think about going out and purchasing a vehicle? Or would you be more likely to go to the uh, Internet and start there? 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We are going to go to Ralph, who's calling us from Stewart. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, folks. morning. I have a... Good morning. I have a 2009 Nissan Altima. It's an older car, obviously. Um, it's one of those gunpowder gray ones. It's a pretty popular color. Right? And, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll explain why I brought that up. It's because uh, about three years ago, now I bought this car used. It was, I think it was like three years old when I bought it. Uh, the first five years I had it, it was undercover. Okay? But it's been outside. You know, it's not been in a garage or anything. It's been outside for the last two years or so, whatever. Notice the roof. The paint on the roof is just deteriorating, deteriorating. The rest of the car is fine. And this is that clear coat, I believe. That's what all cars are, correct? Mm-hmm. And um, so I took it to Nissan, my, my dealership, right, where I did buy the car. And I only use, I, I, I do everything at the dealership. I have a brother in the business, and he taught me, you know, you go to the dealer, you get the best service, they'll take care of you. Uh, they didn't want anything to do with it. They bounced me to Nissan. Nissan, I, I contacted Nissan. They bounced me back. They, were, they kept bouncing me back. Nobody would do anything. And do I have any recourse on that? I don't think I do anymore, but um, it seems to me that that was the... A lot of these cars, this color, the roof, and, and a lot of the other car, parts of the car, the hood and the trunk, are deteriorating. Yes. You know, I was just wondering if you guys have any knowledge of that. Do I have any recourse? Uh, I think I'm good faith with them. I would have thought they would have been good faith with me and just painted the roof for me, but they told me not. If they, one of the reasons they gave me was I kind of laughed at it. One of the guys told me, well, the roof, I said, why is it just the roof, not the rest of the car? They said, well, the roof's higher. I said, well, <laughs> the sun's 93 million miles away. I said, I don't think it's closer to the sun. It's closer to the sun. But, I get it. Uh, yeah, Ralph, <laughs> Ralph uh, you're, uh, you're in a situation that uh, millions of other car owners are. First of all, you're in a Sunbelt state. South Florida is a particularly uh, Sunbelt. Like and uh, uh, the sun uh, is what deteriorates paint, um, one of the biggest elements. We have a lot of that in Florida. Uh, you've done the right thing. You've taken it uh, to Nissan's attention and the dealer as well. Uh, did the dealer go directly to Nissan Manufacturing? Uh, this Sometimes uh, manufacturers of cars with paint problems will take care of it, even on older cars. 
Uh, I'm not sure about a 2009 that's getting up there, uh, 11 year yes. old. But uh, uh, there is there is there's a chance. If you talk directly to Nissan, they have something called uh, goodwill. Now you you got a couple strikes against you because you bought the car used, and, and when people buy a car right. new, they they tend to look at it as you're their customer, but you, know, you bought it from somebody else. You're not Nissan. And, and it's not right, but that's the way they look at it. I, I see a lot of this. Toyota has a big problem with this. Uh, right now, there's a big problem with white cars. And uh, the white car, uh, the, the paint's deteriorating. And uh, uh, Toyota will uh, paint those cars. They will pay to have the car painted. Uh, but a lot of people don't know that. And if you have uh, any car out there like you did, you had a uh, Nissan Altima, you did the right thing. Go to the dealer and say, look, I got a problem with this car. Uh, I know it's five years old or whatever it is, but, and it's out of warranty, but my paint shouldn't fade. And by the way, the answer about the roof, the reason it hits the roof is because it's under the direct sunlight, and the hood uh, will fade, and the trunk lid will fade. You know, the, the uh, horizontal parts of the car will fade quickly. And you see this in a lot of cars. White is a huge color. It does it. You see it in red. and. And I hadn't heard about gunpowder gray, but apparently that's um, a, a problem too. So if the manufacturer has not declared it a problem, uh, you're just out of luck. If they have, you need to call it loudly to their attention and they'll step up. They'll paint a car and uh, reimburse the dealer. I mean, the dealer or the body shop can, uh, uh, to paint a new uh, car completely before $5,000. And they will pay that in some cases, but you, the dealer is not allowed to talk to the customer. The, the manufacturer will uh, chastise a dealer if he calls up a customer and say, you know, that white car is fading and the paint is, is, uh, is uh, defective. Right. And uh, you can get Toyota to reimburse you, uh, but you have to ask me. A uh, dealer get in a lot of trouble for doing that. You have to go to the dealer, and then the dealer has to go to the manufacturer. Okay, so like I said, I understand the yeah. age. You know, the year, the, 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 the age of the car is going against me. Sure. Like I, said, I just thought in good sense because I had bought a new car at that. I, yeah. The last twenty years, that's the only place I've purchased cars from and taken them there for everything, from oil change to extremely, you know, yeah. everything. Well, Ralph, I'm glad you called the show well, because you have a question that a lot of people may not even know they have. So with all the listeners out there, if you're listening now, and you have a car, whatever make it is, and you have that fading situation on the hood, the roof, or wherever, and it's just not right. I mean, you just say, why, why is it fading? Uh, go to that dealer that you bought the car from and ask them to check with the manufacturer and see if the manufacturer can give you some assistance in repairing that paint. You have to direct the question. Uh, the manufacturer's not going to call you and the dealer's not going to call you. You have to do it. So anybody that's got a problem with the paint on a, a car doesn't have to be, you know, out of warranty. Uh, call it to their attention. Ralph, uh, you, uh, you probably enlightened a lot of people there that might have better luck than you did. All right. Well, good. Well, I'm, I'll tell you what. I, I appreciate what you guys do, and I'm going to rest my case at this point because I've been wanting to call in for a year or so sure. when I last dealt with Nissan and the and the uh, dealer. So, but I appreciate it. You guys finalized my case. I'm just going to have to live with it. Thank you, Ralph. Okay. So, please, please call again. Yeah, I appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. And you guys are the Beatles of what you do, so we appreciate <laughs> what you do. You're the best. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll take a moment and let you know that uh, we really appreciate all of you. Uh, you do make the show 
uh, and uh, we we just want to take a moment and thank you. I know everybody's got a whole lot to do this weekend, but thanks for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Speaking of text, Josh is ready to rock and roll. Well, actually, I have some anonymous feedbacks, but they are in text form. So. Exciting, <laughs> oh. exciting. Uh, this one is uh, not so anonymous. He signed it, Richard. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I hate when that happens. No, his name is really Tom. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. You, you never can trust these anonymous feedbacks. Um, he's referring to a, um, an older mystery shop, one that's on our website. Um, and he says, um, regarding your mystery shop of Cog and Honda in Fort Pierce, I found this on the Polk County website. And basically what it is is an explanation of some government registration fees. And he says, it sounds like a lot of these pesky fees might be legitimate, even if not common. So I guess the question is, and he's referring to an out-of-state tax um, registration fee, does the rule about tax being on a fee kind of being a signal that is a dealer fee, does that apply outside of the state of Florida, I'm wondering? Yes. It does. Uh, there's probably some minor exceptions, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, if you, because there's 50 states, and uh, you never know exactly what all the states are going to do. There's no significant uh, fees that are uh, government fees that are not uh, that are taxed. Uh, there, there's some minor ones that might be, but as you're talking two dollars, nickels and dime mm-hmm. kind of thing there. But no, there's no excuse. Uh, there, there are a, a, a lot of fees. Uh, and from state to state, more in some states than others. But the dealers are making in Florida an obscene amount of money on what they're getting for their hidden fees. It's really, uh, it's really sad, and, and they keep going up and up and up. Uh, you know, I used to charge a dealer fee at my dealership many years ago. I think it was $495? Yep. And, uh, and that was uh, 15 years ago? Uh, we dropped it in 2004, I believe. Yeah, 16 years ago. Yeah. So 16 years ago, I, that was a that was my last giant step toward uh, honesty. Uh, we were doing everything else right, but we we're charging a $495 fee, dealer fee, and I can still remember holding the meeting on the showroom floor. Hmm. I don't think you were there, Josh. Right? I wasn't uh, involved yeah. at that time. And uh, your brother probably. I, I didn't join until you stopped becoming evil. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought they were going to lynch me. I said, from now on, we're going to drop the $495 dealer fee. Now, think about it as a business person. Pretend like you're a car dealership owner and you sell uh, 100 cars a month. We'll do it just a small dealer. 100 cars a month. 100, what's 100 times $495? I was 40, told there would not be math at this test. $4,950. I think $49,000. So that's $49,000 a month. Now, how about a dealer like uh, Hollywood Toyota uh, that's selling 1,000 cars a month? That's easy easy math. Mm-hmm. And they don't sell 1,000 cars every month, but they come close to it. That's close so, to half a million dollars in fees a month. Exactly. So dealers literally have relied on their dealer fee for all yeah. their profit. Yeah. And the profit that they get from the dealer fee uh, is about all they make. It allows them to do something very important, to advertise a car lower than their competition. If my dealer fee is higher than my competitors, I can advertise a lower price because I have a bigger dealer fee to sneak in in the hidden fees when they buy the car. So they're... That's, that's you know, it, it was really a time back then. I, I recall, like yesterday, and uh, I was fearful that it was going to be a, uh, 
coup d'etat. Yeah, <laughs> and, could have been. Uh, and it was, uh, everybody just went, what? Yeah. Your, your claim to fame back then was you had the smallest dealer fee in town. Yeah, yeah. Wait, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those were the days. Um, wait, excuse me, Josh. Um, we're mm -hmm. going to go to Tina Great. from Bonita Springs. Thanks for holding on, Tina. Good morning. Yo, Tina. Not Tina. That's actually Tina. We know Tom you're there, Tina. Beach. Come on. <laughs> well, it's hopping in Tina. <laughs> we Tina from Bonita. We dropped Tina. Okay, Tina. We'll, we'll go back to Tina. We're gonna we're gonna go to uh, Josh. He's got some text for us. Yeah, I got another uh, feedback here. This one reads: I just went to look at a car yesterday, advertised for twelve thousand seven hundred on Auto Trader. Out the door was sixteen five. Doing a little math in my head, that that's, does seem a bit on the high side, right there. Yeah. Um, she breaks down some uh, some of the fees here: reconditioning fee nine ninety nine, dealer process fee eight hundred, admin fee two hundred, wow. non tax fees two hundred. Also, the price was actually thirteen thousand seven hundred when we arrived because the thousand dollars off was apparently only for credit, meaning if you if they compelled you to finance, they'd give you a deeper discount because, of course, they'll make up the money on the financing end. Um, really um, ticked off, I will paraphrase, the, that's not the word she used. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> plus, uh, this is what we haggled them down to. It was more than that at first. The car is still on the lot. Um, shame, because we love the car, but hate games. From, and they signed it, stuff, 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 yay. Yeah, yeah this is one of the most, um, uh, what is the word, it's just dangerous parts about buying a car online. Auto Trader is the big gun. They're the 800-pound gorilla. Every car dealer in the United States has their used cars and new cars on Auto Trader, and it's a great website. Uh, it really is well constructed, and you can sort for anything you want. You can sort by distance uh, from you, uh, the dealerships, the year, make, model, price. Uh, it's really a user-friendly, great. I recommend everybody that they use Auto Trader. Uh, but the, the the python hidden in the bushes is the um, hidden fees, mm -hmm. and they 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 take the hidden fees out of their auto trader price. Now, Mark Fisher, who was the founder, a lot of you know about OffLeaseOnly.com, uh, one of the largest used car dealers in Florida, and I believe soon to be the country. They were really going after uh, uh, Car CarMax, and. Um, I talked to Mark Fisher about this. He and his auto office only lobbyists are going after Auto Trader. They talked to Auto Trader, and Auto Trader, according to Mark Fisher, has agreed to drop their hidden fees in their posted prices. And I think it was supposed to be at the end of July. And it here is the end. Here we are. So uh, we'll verify that. We'll go and see if Auto Trader did. Uh, drop all their hidden fees. If, that would mean that you could find a car on Auto Trader, and the price would be out the door except for government fees, and that boils down to simply sales tax and license plate. Mm -hmm. Easy to verify, and we'll check on that. Yeah. Another, if I may, uh, another um, uh, thing that the dealer fee allows dealers to do, or or uh, it helps their cars be misrepresented online, is some of these sites like Auto Trader and Car Gurus. They'll rate the the, the selling price as good, better, or or you know, yeah. or, or, or best. So yeah. they do that on the non-dealer fee price, 
and they say, oh, this is a great price, but had there been $1,000 in dealer fees added into the posted price, it might be you know, just good or moderate. So it helps them misrepresent the cars. And great and information. And that's a shame. Uh, we're going to go to Fort, Wal Fort Walton, and uh, t where uh, Tom has been holding. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Welcome. Hey, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to call up to say that I had a, an excellent uh, experience buying a car online. You know, I went to three Toyota dealers. I was looking for a 2019, a new 2019 4Runner. Uh, you know, it didn't bother me uh, getting a 2019 as long as it was priced appropriately, and I, I felt uh, all three were priced appropriately. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up getting the 4Runner uh, from Rochester Hills, Michigan, and I can't say how, how great it was. You know, I just asked for an out-the-door price. The only thing I wanted listed was, uh, you know, out-the-door price in taxes. And, uh, you know, all three of them followed up with uh, uh, the out-the-door price, but they did include a dock fee, uh, a temporary tag fee, and the taxes. Uh, you know, I paid a $220 dock fee up in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, it was listed. I was very happy with that. And the, the strange thing about it, when I came down here looking, I initially looked at a 2019 Honda Passport uh, new, and the dock fee in Fort Walton Beach was just, you know, it was close to $800. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so I went over to, uh, to the Toyota dealership here, $800 dock fee. Well, you know, that's not going to happen. You, you know, <laughs> go to another state, you can go to Alabama. And it's sad. I never asked for, I asked for a price on the Honda. I didn't at the Toyota dealer. You know, from here, you can you can drive to Mobile, Alabama, or you can go online. Yeah. And, uh, Tom, how much does it cost to transport the car from Rochester Hills to uh, Fort Walton Beach? Well, uh, I actually drove it back because I went up to visit somebody. Okay. Uh, and, uh, but it was $1,250 to, to bring it back or have it brought back in a covered vehicle uh -huh. if, you if I would have wanted to do that. Right. Um, and and the, the thing for me, I, I ended up going to uh, 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 class, or I'm from Chicago, so I went to Classic Toyota up there. I could have went and visited you know, folks up there. I went, you know, I went to a dealer down in St. Louis, uh, new people down there, so I was going to tie it into a trip. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and I, I, you know, the, the, the one, they're all nice vehicles. They were all, all great vehicles. The color pattern that I wanted was uh, probably the one in St. Louis. But when I asked for the Maroni label to be sent down, they wouldn't send a copy of it, hmm. which was kind of, you know, but they were very kind with everything else. Oh, yeah, smooth, and, slick. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they sent more what she called an internal sheet. It didn't look like the standard Maroney, but it, it had some of the other stuff. And I, I would, you know, you're just out there and it's like, well, how could you be so good on everything else? Yeah. And, and just that one thing, unless, you know, you wonder if it's just a frustration that maybe the rep was, you know, is getting a million of these a week and are, you know, a lot of these and, you know, nobody ever follows back up to say, you know, I'm, I'm not getting where I went elsewhere. Uh, I, I did want to give uh, a one hit, 
a heads up on, on buying the car online. And mm-hmm. I experienced this up in Rochester Hills. Uh, you know, I want to believe most dealers are, for the most part, by and large, you know, pretty honest with what they advertise. For instance, Classic Toyota had a had one. They listed there were 3,000 miles on the new Toyota, which is fine. They advertised it. I called up. I asked, you know, how do you have 3,000 miles on a new vehicle? And, you know, the, the young lady had mentioned that, well, this was the, the owner was driving this vehicle. Uh, the other thing that's not listed, he put a DVD in the back and remote start. And, uh, you know, and, and that's fine. When I got up to uh, Auburn Hills, just something hit me the morning to ask how many miles were on this new vehicle. And uh, I, I left a voicemail before I went to pick the car up. I was told uh, yeah, our, the, the sales rep had, had, was there uh, had, when the store opened, pulled the car up, and she noticed that there were 900 miles on the vehicle. She came into the office, got my voicemail. And uh, that's fine. You know, the, I, I came in. The dealer was kind enough. They compensated uh, uh, me. I, I was very happy with the compensation on it. They just said it was an oversight. In our system, we have several different areas where the mileage was all listed correctly in there. Somehow on both our website, it didn't list a mile, but, mm. uh, mileage on it. And, uh, and then on the auto trader, there were no miles listed, mm. which is consistent with many of the other new new vehicles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, you know, I asked them if they could lift the, you know, I could go in and take a look at the car underneath the car just to see that nobody took it out for wheeling sure. <laughs> in the upper peninsula. They were very good with that. Let me speak with the uh, mechanic in there. Uh, and I, you know, I can't, uh, you know, I can't say enough. There, to me, there's, I, I've had demos before with Miles. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, well, you get that after the uh, new car warranty if you ask. Uh, typically, the manufacturers allow you to add the mileage if it has a, uh, if it's a, if it is technically a new car, and you have 900 miles on it, and the mileage is 36,000 in the warranty, then you get 36,000 plus 900 miles. So, but you want a you want a new car, you want a fresh car, you don't want one with 900 miles, uh, and that's understandable. Uh, you know, Tom, let me say this: uh, I particularly uh, appreciate your call because I think you're a trendsetter for the way cars will be bought in the future. And this whole coronavirus thing and a lot of changes in the way our country is doing retail business, uh, online, online, online. And cars uh, haven't been something that have really uh, jumped into that. And now they're beginning to. And interesting thing, too, uh, by you going so far away from the dealership, uh, when a car dealer has a market, and it's typically a, a market that he, he, it's his local market, it might have a 10-mile or 20-mile radius, and uh, there's a lot of competition in that market, and, uh, but he has to maintain a certain profit margin. Uh, when a dealer sells a car way out of his market, if you ne- negotiate hard, which you did, uh, they'll give you a car much lower because they consider it plus business. and. Uh, it's an extra unit is the vernacular they use. So in my market, I'm in Palm Beach County with my car dealership. If I can sell a car in Fort Lauderdale or Miami, uh, I'll sell a car uh, for less than I would if it were in the Palm, Palm Beach market. And in this case here, you went all the way to Michigan 
uh, from before Walton Beach, and that was plus business for the dealer that sold it to you. So you got a great price, and uh, I think it's more and more people should be doing like you is reaching out. Uh, you can always do this too. If you get an unbelievably good price, uh, 200 miles away from your market, you can go to your local dealer and say, "Look, here it is in writing." Do you want to match it, or do you want me to drive 200 miles and buy it from your competitor? A lot of times they'll match that price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, you know, which is, uh, you know, you know, you're right on that. If you, if you walk in, there's, they have a choice: take it or lose it. Yes. And yes. Uh, yeah, I, I want to also give a, can I give a shout out to my sales rep up there who was just fantastic? Oh sure, what's his name? Uh, Lauren. Dempsey. Yeah, Lauren Dempsey. Lauren Dempsey. And, uh, yeah, and uh, she, she was fantastic. The other thing about that dealership, I was surprised when I got into the finance office. He just brought up, just brought up the two, the two warranties on it, just, and no pushing, mm -hmm. nothing. You know, he explained it, and, uh, you know, and I, I said no, didn't come back. There was a, there was a, the other one I think which uh, or he went over what the powertrain the hundred thousand mile powertrain warranty covered and he said you know most of the equipment's not going to fail it's probably mm -hmm. going to be an electrical issue if something yeah. goes wrong uh, because there's you know there's so many miles of, of electric. Well, you, know, yeah, you found yourself a good honest dealer and a good honest salesperson and thank you for sharing it with us Tom please please call again you're a great caller yeah. uh, you're an educated consumer. And we'd love to hear from you again. For Walden Beach, uh, give us a call uh, anytime. We'd love to hear from you. And, and Tom, thanks for uh, giving uh, your sales rep uh, a shout, uh, Lauren, a female s salesperson. And, uh, you, you know, that's, that's really great. I uh, appreciate uh, what, you, uh, what you did. And isn't there so many ways to negotiate? My goodness gracious today. And uh, you uh, dotted your I's and crossed your T's, that's for sure. Thank you, Tom. Happy. Okay, folks. Well, that's a, that's a great call. Wait, I think we have a YouTube over here, uh, Rick. Uh, we do. We've got a couple of them, actually. Uh, first one is Ashley is asking, what's your opinion on oil undercoating? I live in the Northeast and keep vehicles to 200,000 miles plus. We are meticulous about maintenance, and this is one we want to know the value of. <clears throat> I don't know what oil undercoating is. I know what undercoating is. What do you say, Rick? I, I actually I had to look this up to find okay. out just what was going on with this because <laughs> I you know, I know undercoating, but we're in the South and undercoating down here is, is kind of snake oil. You don't really need it as much. Up north, however, with the road salt and ice, apparently oil undercoating is a slightly different material that instead of like a sticky, thick plastic layer, it goes on as almost a liquid and then adheres down to help keep stuff from sticking and it sounds like a pretty good value from what i've been able to see on it i assume it's not flammable nope nope not flammable <laughs> it's kept pretty safe it's known as a molotov cocktail undercoating well that would be those older kias oh wait a minute um well, interesting yeah i uh, never heard of it so i learned something new every day and okay what else we got another text another well, uh frank is asking on uh with our previous caller here, is it a good idea to drive a new vehicle such a long distance prior to breaking it in? I know they usually recommend not using the cruise control for the first 600 miles or so. And really the answer there is just 
try not to do long travel at the exact same miles per hour. Um, varying your speed will help to keep the engine, give it that short break-in, but modern engines don't really need the break-in like they used to. Engines back in the 60s and 70s, you needed that break-in in order to get the, the materials to kind of smooth in and work together. But the quality has improved so much on these engines and well, the tolerances you're, you're confusing that me. you don't need it anymore. If you don't need to bring it in, why do you have to worry about varying your speed? Uh, it's just a little bit of break-in, and I would say for the first 50 to 100 miles at the most. Hmm. Okay. There you go. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't jot that number down, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. <coughs> and I believe we're going to go straight to Josh. Yeah, we have a text here, a couple. Um, this uh, person asks, is updating the maps on your Toyota vehicle a part of the manufacturer warranty or part of Toyota Care or either? And it's really not part of either. Um, there's free over-the-air updates on some of the newer Toyotas. Yep. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Rick probably answered this better than me, the, the older um, DVD-based navigations, you have to pay a pretty penny to get those updated, a couple hundred dollars, if I recall. And uh, 250 and, yeah. And that is terrible. It's horrible, a shame, right? shame mm-hmm. on Toyota. You sell somebody a car, they pay $45,000 for a brand-new car, and now you got to pay to get your uh, software updated. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that's uh, you know, less common. Most of the models now are um, it's a, it over-the-air yeah. update. It's not a DVD-based yeah. CD. Um, yeah. DVD yeah, Nancy model. and I just bought a generator, a new generator for our house, and uh, they have a really cool app that you can download on your iPhone, and you can see the generator's condition, and you can change the test time and all sorts of cool things. Mm-hmm. And they charge you $4.95 a month. So they, they, you know, they slam-dunk me on the generator, mm-hmm. and now they're bleeding me. For four ninety-five a month, and that's the way I feel about having to pay a manufacturer mm. uh, for uh, for software stuff. It, it's just cheap. These yeah. uh, subscri- uh, subscription services are, are more and more popular. Yep. Yeah, you know, five dollars here, nine nine ninety there. Yep. Yeah, it all yeah. adds up. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Hopefully, does. we won't have to use that app. <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's knock on wood here. Um, we got another text here. It has four questions within the text. It's a cornucopia of questions here. Uh, number one. I understand that red vehicles don't have a good resale value. Why? I think red is pretty, although it fades easily. It's uh, the question of uh, how many people think red is beautiful. And uh, purple is uh, beautiful to some people. Indeed. Uh, white is beautiful to more people than... than uh, Yellow is lovely. Yes. So, it, no, it, it's a very... It's, it, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad the question was asked because color is hugely important to the resale value of a car. Yes. And think about it. Uh, people buy car on emotional reasons more than they do on practical reasons. You know, uh, otherwise they'd never sell a Jeep, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Jeeps are sexy, and uh, but they, they, you know, they're high maintenance, uh, high insurance, unsafe, and uh, so when you buy a car, color is very important. So if you buy a white car, more people buy white cars than any other car. White, silver, was it beige or what are the top? White, silver, and black would be your top black, three. Yeah, there black, you go. yeah. So if you if you have a favorite color and it's not real popular, like purple, uh, you love the car and you drive it for four years and it costs you a thousand or two thousand dollars in trade-in value. Uh, so don't don't do it unless you really really love purple. Yeah, if you love it and you're going to keep that car for a while, then I, I suggest you get what you want. But if you're yeah. going to you know trade the car in three years, you want to 
color with a broad appeal. Exactly. So that, 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 that kind of answers a, her other follow-up questions. She had a question about blue vehicles having the same resale problem, and the same principle applies. Yeah. Some people absolutely love blue, but some people wouldn't even consider a blue car. So yeah. on resale value, that will have an effect. Years, years ago, when I was a Pontiac dealer, uh, I was, my, my brother was in business with me, and uh, uh, he was older than I, and he was in charge, and he ordered all the cars. And his name was Doug. And he loved uh, green, <laughs> loved green. And it was a, a, a Pontiac had a, a color called Verdoro Green, and we had this parking lot full of Verdoro Green cars. Mm. And I kept explaining to him that you know some people don't like green cars. And uh, anyway, ah, oh, but I digress. I'm oh sorry. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays we have you know sophisticated computer systems that tell us what to, what colors to order and not. Um, they also asked the same uh, texters asked if the interior color will affect the vehicle's value. I could address that. It would have to be a pretty extreme interior color, I think, to yeah. affect it. Most interiors are, you know, beige, black, or, or gray. Um, you know, we've seen people come in with custom bright red leather interiors, and I can see that dissuading a potential buyer down the road. So, as long as it's in the common palette of interior colors, I don't think that'll have a have too bad of an effect on your vehicle's value. And uh, and lastly, they asked what uh, color vehicle um, interior holds its value the best. I would say, just like I mentioned, something something traditional, beige, gray, or or black is actually more and more popular nowadays. Yeah, and you can uh, you can ask uh, uh, a used car dealer. I mean, mm -hmm. best the best way to find out. I mean, uh, people that buy and sell cars at auctions, uh, they typically have somebody that is an expert on that, and they know. I mean, they oh, this is a See, it's, it varies by model, too. I mean, a sports car, a red sports car is really cool. A red sedan ain't cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if you, have a red, if you have a red sports car, you want to have maybe a white interior, maybe black. You don't want to have a, necessarily a, a clashy color. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very important. And uh, if you want to maximize the value because you're going to trade that car in, um, check around. Find yeah. out what everybody else loves. For, uh, for high-end cars, like you really want to stick with white or black. If you're buying a Lexus or Mercedes, yeah. they might have a, a real pretty red, yeah. but that it, it will have, because of the higher value to begin with, it will have more of an effect in terms of uh, resale value. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a couple more texts, unless there's something pressing. Let's keep on rolling. Great. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's give the number out again. Just there to you go. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. We're going to go to Josh, and then we're going to hear from Rick. He's got a YouTube over there. All right. This is from John in California. He says, "Good morning. I'm going to be in the market for a car for my wife soon. If the dealer doesn't want to sign the affidavit that Nancy provides, should I just walk away? Should I assume they're just playing games? Thank you, and love your show. I tune in every Saturday morning. John in California. I w I would, uh, but it, it's. Uh, you know, I, I think I would try this. I, I would say, uh, w can you give me a reason why you won't sign it? And uh, if they still won't sign it, um, I would uh, divert to the definition of an out-the-door price. What would you say, Nancy? Uh, I would say that uh, when you walk in, into a dealership and you're negotiating uh, for whether it be a used car or a new car and uh, you just don't get the right vibes, uh, for lack of another word, uh, the right vibes, if this person isn't going to cooperate with you, 
whether it be sign my affidavit uh, that you can download at Earl on Cars or uh, anything verbally that you have to say, uh, and you feel uncomfortable, I just turn around and leave because there is a dealer out there that is going to sign the out-the-door price. Uh, I, I hope I answered your question. Earl, what do you have? No, I think no, I think you know. I, I think you actually uh, uh, really enlightened the whole. It, when you actually leave, you will find out that you might not get to the car mm -hmm. because it's a poker game. Buying a car is a little bit like a poker game, and if they think you're bluffing, uh, they're pretty good at it. They're pros. They're professionals. Some of these uh, really, really good salespeople have been selling cars for 20, 30 years, and they they're psychologists. So they'll stare at you and they'll say, I'm sorry, we can't, the policy pro prohibits us from signing legal documents. It'd have to go through the legal department and we're not permitted to do that. And then you, you would say, well, I understand. Uh, and uh, your competitor, uh, I believe, will sign it. And uh, I'd rather buy the car from you, but I'm gonna buy it from the competitor. And I'll, I'll see you in four or five years when I buy another car. Mm -hmm. And we'll see if the legal department has e eased up. And then I would turn around and I'd walk out the door with a smile, and I'd get in my car, and I wouldn't be surprised if someone wasn't beating on my window, <laughs> saying, well, I just called the legal department, yeah. and they said, it's okay. It's happened, it's happened before. Yeah. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned earlier, there's so many different ways to negotiate in purchasing a vehicle, and uh, <laughs> you've got more power than you think you do. Some in the biz call that a parking lot save. Yes. yes. <laughs> you run out at the very last second. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Throw, throw your body in front of the car. And... <laughs> uh, I think Rick had a comment from YouTube. We do. Uh, correct page here. Uh, George is asking, which is the better buy, a certified Range Rover or buying an extended warranty on a 2017? Well, uh, by the extended warranty, uh, I assume you mean, uh, is this a factory offered warranty or is this a independent warranty we don't know? He doesn't really say, um, and I'm assuming he means buying it on the car he already has. You know, the car, uh, uh, Range Rovers uh, are not in, in my top list of reliable vehicles. Yeah. And uh, I see a lot of them on the road. Uh, a lot of people are, they're, they're an in-car, kind of like a Mini Cooper and a, uh, and a Jeep, and a but it's a, a high-end in car. Mm -hmm. So if you if you want to look cool at the country club, you drive a, a Land Rover, a Range Rover. If you look at consumer reports, they don't give you very good uh, cover. They don't uh, ratings. Uh, I, I I always say if you're buying a good quality car, forget about the extended service contract. But a Range Rover, Land Rover, it might be a good idea. But you want to be sure you know what's covered and what's not covered. Typically, extended warranties omit some of the most expensive things to take care of. And Ricky would know the the computer units, uh, uh, the navigation systems. Uh, there are a lot of items on a car that you know and the dealer knows really are costly. So when you buy the extended service contract, you find they have been omitted. Mm -hmm. One of the first things they'll try to admit is air conditioning components. Yes. Because not only are those parts rather expensive, but they're extremely labor intensive mm -hmm. and very expensive to replace. Yeah, you'll see things mm -hmm. like engine, transmission, axle, uh, you know, the important big heavy 
uh, you say, boy, that, boy, that covers the whole car. Let me tell you something. The drivetrain, you know, from the engine block and the water pump and the, and, and the axle and the, all that kind of stuff, uh, they're lubricated items, and they will last forever as long as you maintain it according to the factory recommended uh, uh, maintenance. And if you don't, the warranty is, is void. So you have to do it, and so you're, buying, you're paying for nothing on a powertrain warranty. So be sure, if you're going to buy a warranty for your land, cruiser, be sure, I meant your Land Rover, be sure that you've checked to see what it covers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, given that choice, my gut would tell me the certified warranty would be the way to go. Certified. Because yeah. I imagine if it's an aftermarket warranty, it's either incredibly expensive to cover a 2017 Land Rover, or if it's not expensive, then you got to look for the fine print and the loopholes in that warranty. Yeah, I meant right? to certified ass at the very beginning. That means it was, it was designed by the manufacturer, exactly. and so it's a legitimate warranty. But uh, certified isn't easily, you can use Certified is tossed around too much, and be sure it is the manufacturer's certified warrant. Absolutely. Okay. Any, okay. any more text? I do. I do. All right. It says, good morning, Earl. Hope you and yours are in good health. Steve from New Jersey here. I share your concern and irritation with hidden fees. In my opinion, the bottom line is the bottom line, whether via an online or in-person price request. Always, all caps, ask for an out-the-door price, inclusive of all charges, always, get a minimum of at least three bids, and do the research to verify the dealer reputation. This is what you advise me and what I can attest to. I've been shopping for cars online for years and have never had an issue. And from reading his text, I don't, I'm not surprised he hasn't had an issue. It looks like he, yeah. he really covers the basis there. Yeah. Okay, um, I, I've got something here that I was going to cover, and if we have a little lull in text, do we have a caller? We do. Okay. We have a regular caller, and that's Howard. Good morning, Howard. Howard calls us from Jupiter. Okay, I'm calling you from the Bronx now. Oh. Hey. And it's uh, just just as hot here as it is in Florida. Give us a Bronx. Uh, although the humidity, humidity is not that high, but uh, the temperature is actually higher. Um, but it's a pleasure talking to you guys. And uh, my, my question is about brakes. Um, now, when I need brakes, uh, can I have the rotors cut? And I have a 2017 Toyota. Uh, I was told that uh, it can be cut once. And uh, the OEM Toyota uh, rotors are very expensive, and I wouldn't get a Chinese rotor. I mean, that's definitely not uh, in, in, in my vocabulary, Chinese rotors. So, uh, Rick, what do you say about that? I cut rotors all day long, and I've seen some cars that the thickness of the rotor, before you get down to what's the minimum allowable thickness, you can get three or even four cuts out of it, depending on how much metal has to be removed in order to true that rotor up. So, average, I'm going to say at least two to three cuts on most Toyota rotors, down here in South Florida. Now up north where they get a lot of heavy rust from the road salt, uh, a lot of times they wind up, they can't ever cut them even once and they've got to be replaced. But that's because of the environmental conditions of where you live. Okay, that's a very good uh, information. I appreciate your help. And uh, the next question. Uh, a friend of mine wants to buy an uh, aftermarket rotor. He has a 2015 Corolla, 
and I told him to stay away from Chinese rotors, and he found out that all the OEM, all the aftermarket rotors are Chinese. Uh, then you can't get one that's not. So the Chinese cornered the market. Hmm. Uh, what is? What do you say about uh, Chinese rotors or anything Chinese uh, automotive uh, coming from China, Rick? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. It comes right down to the cust- what the person can really afford. If they simply cannot afford the factory rotor, you may have to go to the aftermarket rotors. And let, let me let me jump in there too. There, uh, you know, iPhones are made in, in China, and if you have an American product designed and engineered in America, and if they sublet the manufacturer to China, and there's quality control because you say, listen, this is the way I want to build. It's going to be go through our quality inspectors before I pay you. Then basically, all you've done is uh, have the product manufactured and then shipped back. Uh, I would be uh, skeptical of a an american uh, car uh that was had a rotor that was designed and engineered in china and manufactured in china but i wouldn't have a problem if i bought a um, a nissan and that was uh, manufactured in the united states and it was designed and engineered by nissan and the chinese manufacturer were to manufacture the product okay that's a good point Okay. Thank you very much for taking my call, and uh, you guys stay safe. Thank you, Howard. You too. Thank you, Howard. Enjoy the Bronx. Ladies and gentlemen, our telephone number is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, before the moments get away uh, from us and the show is over, I forgot uh, earlier to mention our Attorney General, Ashley Moody. You know, although we uh, expose car dealers uh, that are taking advantage of consumers, uh, we still need your help out there. So uh, give the Attorney General, Ashley Moody, a call. She's there to protect us. She's there to protect us from uh, fraud, from scams, from dangerous products. So we're asking for her help to, well, protect us from these unscrupulous car dealers. Her phone number, 850-414-3300. That's 850-414-3300. Now we're going to go to a YouTube, I believe. Raymond has one of the best comments that I've seen, I've heard in a while. Ooh. He says, what do you think of dealers that use the line, if you purchase it today, and his comeback is, why, are you going out of business tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> well I done, like Raymond. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. You know, every time I sit here as a consumer advocate, and I'm also a car dealer, and, and uh but I just, I hear these things as you uh, consumers think of it. And you can imagine going into any other store. I mean, you're buying a couch, you're buying a television set, you're buying a loaf of bread. And if the person there in the store said, if, if you buy it today, the price is this. Uh-huh. And it just, it's, uh, it's laughable that people, uh, and it's common, and they do do that. Uh, uh, you know, one, of the, uh, one of my favorites is, you go into a car dealership and you talk to salesman and they ask for the out-the-door price. He says, I, I'm not going to give you the price because I want you to shop around. And then they'll take out their business card and, and you're looking at me and I'm a salesman and I go like this. And I take it and I go like this. 
and you say, what's that? Say, that's my best price. And after you've shopped around and looked at all the other dealers, you come back and I'm going to show you this. <laughs> Can you imagine the, how insulting? And it's a, that's a great tactic. I, did you know that one? Uh, no, that's uh, new to me. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> see, I just uh, flashback evil many years ago. Uh -oh. Works real well. <laughs> hey, all you evil car salespeople out there, try that. It really works. Hard to believe. Anyway. I, I'd, I'd just be laughing and walking away. Yeah, yeah. You think just... so? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let, uh, let, let me We're going to go to a caller. Uh, Paul is calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. I have a question on a um, 2012 Toyota Sienna. I happened to buy it at your dealership new, and it was a great experience hmm. for a change. I hate buying cars because of the way they treat you and all the things you mentioned on the phone, but it really was a good experience. Um, and the uh, Toyota Sienna is a great vehicle. We love it. We have about 100,000 miles on it. The air conditioning has been working fine. And then suddenly, one of the green lights on the air conditioner was flashing on and off, on and off. And the air conditioner was just blowing warm air. Uh, when we, we started it again and ran it for a while, the air conditioner was fine. So it seems like maybe something's ready to go, and uh, do you have any ideas on that, what it could be? Did you by any chance run through a, a mud puddle? Mm, I don't think so. A, a splash of water or anything right before it happened? I don't think so. No, I don't think it was raining that day. Okay, because what, what usually happens is the air conditioning compressor is run by a belt, and if it suddenly gets a splash of water on it, it starts to slip the belt, and the sensor that reads the speed of that compressor will automatically shut it off and start flashing the light because it thinks that the compressor might be binding up and seizing. And it doesn't uh -huh. want to have it lock up and have the belt suddenly break and leave you stranded on the side of the road. So if you get a splash of water on it, it'll start flashing that light. Otherwise, if okay. it's doing it when you didn't have anything else happen, it could be that the AC compressor is starting to get old and it's starting to seize up inside and you're probably gonna wind up needing an air conditioning compressor if it happens again and keeps happening. Okay, yeah, it hasn't happened since. Somebody mentioned something about the sun hitting something on the dashboard and uh, module that controls something in the air conditioner might need replacing, but again, they weren't really an expert or anything, and I don't know if that runs well or not. Right, that, that's the solar sensor, and that actually has to do with uh, whether the AC is running at certain levels or not. That, that wouldn't have anything to do with that. If it happens again, though, try pushing the button to turn the AC off, you know, the one that actually says AC, and then push it again okay. to turn back on. If it comes right back on, starts blowing cold, you should be okay, but it sounds like it might be that compressor getting old and tired and getting ready to go out. I know how it feels. Yep. I do too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Says the youngest guy in the room. Okay. Alrighty, I have one other question if I can. Sure. Um, yeah, we've, uh, we have the tires for life program. We've always had all services done 
at the dealership. And uh, they replaced two tires of the four recently, which is great. But the other two weren't quite low enough. You've driven it for a while. It's still not absolutely down to the wear bars, I guess that's it. But it's really close, and we plan on going on a a long trip. Uh, If we hit heavy rain or whatever, we're concerned. It's so close. uh, uh, It's... We feel you know, we always have our service there, and you got to do all the um, uh, factory recommended services, which we do. Uh, wondered if an exception could be made, or if it's not exactly totally worn out. Absolutely. Uh, what I should do? Yeah, bring it in. Let us measure it. Uh, the 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 guideline is below three thirty seconds, and uh, what uh, would be done. If you're going to take a long trip and it's still above 330 seconds, uh, there'd be a, just a small charge we call a proration fee, and it would be a, a fraction of the cost of the tire. Be, it would amount to the remaining wear. But, uh, uh, you know, we try to be flexible on those things, and I think if you come in and measure it, uh, if it's anywhere close to 330 seconds, we'll go ahead and take care of it. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for a great dealership, and uh, I do trust your dealership, which I've had really bad experiences with some others around here, and uh, you guys are great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the call. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, Paul. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go back to Josh. He has some texts over there. Yeah, actually, I have an anonymous feedback. Um, this is some kudos uh, for us from a gentleman named Dave. Again, a not-so-anonymous feedback. I <laughs> uh, just want to say that your advice is absolute gold. I did what you suggested and got the out-the-door price at dealer number one. I took that to several other dealers and had the dealers negotiate against each other. Sounds like a uh, buzz sport. <laughs> at the end of the day, I got the car $5,500, about 20% less than what they originally quoted yeah. with tax, dock fee, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and about 15% off of MSRP, yeah. signed Dave. So he did a great job and wow. way to go. Wonderful. Yeah, Dave's got a personality that is, allows him to be um, f- forceful. I, I, I don't want to say aggressive, but you have to have, a, you have, to have kind of a tough uh, exterior to be able to deal with these people. And if you stick to your guns, it's amazing what you can do. Remember this. The average uh, retailer sells car, uh, sells cars, sells whatever their product is, and they have a price, and that's a stated price. It's the price you pay when you walk in the store. Car dealers don't have that. Uh, every person that comes in buys the same car. They pay a different price. It's all a matter of the salesperson and the customer, the strength of the negotiating power of each, and the salesperson is going to win. I mean. Uh, he's been doing it for 10 years or 15 years. Uh, he's been trained. He's retrained weekly, mm-hmm. and they're they're sharp. Their salespeople are smart, sharp professionals. So you're going head to head with a professional when you go in there, uh, and the only way that you can beat a professional is to bring in the competition in, and then you go in to three at least three dealerships. And I love the idea of these folks that are doing online and they're going as far, you know, hundreds of miles away, and they're getting, and that is the ultimate way to win the battle. You're just going to have to uh, be tough, mm-hmm. and uh, $5,000. Uh, 
take take a big dealership uh, that sells, you know, like 20 cars a day. Uh, let's say it's a Honda dealership. Uh, they'll sell their most popular model, what would be a Civic. So they'll sell five Civics that day. And uh, on the profit margin, one person will pay a $100 profit to the dealer. And another person will pay $1,200 profit to the dealer. And maybe a person will pay a $10,000 profit to the dealer. And it's whatever that salesperson can push that buyer into paying is what he pays. Mm -hmm. And the average profit, you know, automation or all these other, they report their average profit. An average profit of $1,200 represents a profit of $1 and another profit of $10,000. Dealers can easily make ten or even $20,000 on, on a price of a car by undervaluing the trade-in and then by charging an exorbitant interest rate and a lot of aftermarket things. The amount of profits you can make on a car sale is almost unlimited. There have been class action suits for senior citizens that paid $20,000 profits on lease cars. And the last one I remember was in Martin County. Mm -hmm. And often it's the person who could afford it the least that yes. pays the most, unfortunately. Exactly. The victims, mm -hmm. the people that are not uh, uh, sophisticated and forceful. All right. I have another anonymous feedback, if, uh, if I may. Please. <laughs> All okay. right. Good morning, everyone. Rick, I have checked and filled my tires with the proper pressure early in the morning. Um, what kind of pressure increase might a passenger car see while driving on a hot road in the middle of summer? The tires list a maximum pressure. Is that a max cold inflation spec, or is it the max pressure that the tire must stay below at all times? Thank you. That's the max cold pressure on the sidewall of the tire. Cold meaning the car has been sitting still for at least 30 or 40 minutes. Uh, driving down the highway, South Florida, I would say you could see a tire pressure increase as much as five to seven pounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that myself on a, I went on a road trip recently and I went from 31 to 36 uh, PSI. Yep. You know, the way my mind works is kind of, de you know, I have a devious sort of... No, and, I, and I never I, noticed that about uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I keep thinking about Death Valley and 120 degrees mm. and, and, you're, and, you, and you inflate your tires according to cold pressure and you go to Death Valley and there's no cops around and you got a straight highway. So now you're going 120 miles an hour with 110 degree ambient temperature. Is it possible to blow a tire because it is over inflated because of in, in extreme conditions? I don't know if you could over do it by over inflation at that point. No, 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 no. You have you've inflated according to specs by the cold when the right. tire was cold. Then you took it to Death Valley, 120 degrees outside, and you drove it 120 miles an hour for an hour and a half. I, I don't think the pressure would be the issue. Okay. Because the tires, the, I, I have actually seen cars come into the shop that are rated for 35 pounds, and they've had 70 pounds of air in the tire. Ooh, were you nervous? Hmm. Terrified. As I'm trying to get the air out of that tire, I was terrified that it was going to burst in my face. Did you let your apprentice do that and you walk over? <laughs> no, I don't have an oh. apprentice. I have me. Oh, okay. Well, okay. that's interesting. I don't, know. I don't know why. I just These things come to mind. No, I, I, it, yeah. it seems like that would be a pretty hazardous yeah. situation. Yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, we're going to go to Casey from uh, Danridge, Tennessee. Ooh. Good morning, Casey. Good morning. How are you all doing? Thank you for your patience. We're well. You you bet. I've got a question since you all are in the car business. 
and own a dealership, I'd like to find out an age-old question that I've always had, and that is, why do dealers charge exorbitant amounts of money to fix vehicles when uh, my wife's uh, 2011 RAV4 needed struts all the way around it? I called into the dealer to find out how much that would be, and they quoted me a price of $1,600. Mm-hmm. And then I go online and I check how much I can get struts for, about $400. And my son, who's not a mechanic, but he changed that out, including making a special tool to get to the rear um, uh, strut or shock. In two hours, he had that done and completely back on the road, and it cost me four twenty-five. dollars why I understand they have overhead, but it gets to the point of being ridiculous what they want to charge the average guy to try to maintain a car, and maybe your perspective on that. Hmm. Well, it's just it's it, the reason is because they can, and uh, and you have to take away uh, their ability to charge that by competition. Just what when you're buying a car, and I always recommend. When you have a, a unique repair like struts or even a, a failed air conditioner, transmission, or engine, any big repair, uh, you should always get competitive bids just like when you buy a car. Uh, what car dealers do is they charge competitive prices, good prices, for things like oil changes, tire rotations, uh, uh, you know, filters, and, and maintenance items that you can check and, and easily compare prices on. Uh, and on the big prices that you're not familiar with, like who knew I hadn't, I didn't know how much it cost to repair, uh, to re- replace struts. I don't know, you know, unless you're in the business, you don't really know. So by not being familiar with a, what a competitive price is on an engine transmission or a strut job, they charge the highest price they can think of. And some people say, yes, you were smart enough to question it and check and get a great price because you question it. So car dealers will charge you all the money they can get away with, whether it's for repairs or buying cars. Okay. Now, let me ask you one last question to deal with that. So like a car dealer, do they have, like, we need to, in the the maintenance shop, we need to make hundred and fifty dollars per hour in order for us to be profitable pay the mechanic pay all the the benefits all that stuff is there a you know kind of a break even or a profit line hourly rate or would that that's something that each dealer would it would vary that type of thing it varies from dealer to dealer and the profit per the the charge per hour a lot of people think it hundred and fifty dollars an hour really means you pay the mechanic $150 for every hour he works on the car. It's a very confusing process in terminology. It's it's not a clock hour, it's what's called a flat rate hour, and it should be a skill range hour or something like that. If you have a mechanic, a qualified mechanic that can fix a car and do this process, we'll get paid X number of hours. and. It probably was based originally on measuring in a test area uh, the, cr- the chronological time. But in reality, a good mechanic like Rick Kearney here, uh, he can take a repair that pays two hours 
And if he's done a lot of them and he, he's been in the business for 25 years, he can do it in half the time. So if the, if the rate's $150 an hour, uh, Rick can do it in a half an hour, and, uh, and the dealership still makes 75 Now, Rick doesn't make that much. Rick gets a percentage of what the dealer made, and that can be, uh, you know, that can vary. Right. So uh, right. it's complicated. It shouldn't be. It should be transparent and easy for the customer, you, to understand, but it's not. Very, very confusing. Do, do the maintenance people at the front end when that car comes in, do they get paid on commission so if they can tell you whatever repair costs 500 and they can really do it for three, but they charge five, so they do they make a percentage of whatever they got the customer to agree to? Yes, everybody, and, and every now and then there's some, there, it varies once in a while, but typically anybody that's working on your car, whether he's changing the oil or he's repairing your transmission, they're paid on commission. Now, there are salaried um, employees, but they're typical lower-level employees like the uh, people that jockey the cars and wash the cars and things like that. And sometimes you have an apprentice that comes on with a guarantee, and he'll get a salary. But uh, the rule of thumb, 95% of the people in the car dealership are on commission. Oh, very good. Well, guys, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for your transparency and, and answering some of these questions because a lot of people like myself just don't know how they operate in order to go in there and not be hoodooed, you know, and just yeah. pay a fair price for whatever. And if you don't know the business, you don't you don't know what questions to even ask. Exactly. So, you call yeah. the call the show anytime, and uh, or you or a friend of yours or anybody else listening, if you have a question on the cost of repairs, we got Rick Kearney here. And uh, we can give you what we think would be a competitive price for whatever operation you have to have done in your car. And, uh, and you can shop and compare until you get that price. Yeah, that'd be very good. I appreciate all your help. Thank you so much. Take care. Call again, please. Yeah, thanks, Casey. It was nice hearing from you from Tennessee. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to close the phone lines, but we are still going to go to our text, our YouTube, and uh, uh, we will be going next to the Mystery Shopping Report. And I mention that because you can vote on that Mystery Shopping Report. And uh, we're going to, uh, we mystery shopped uh, Graco Ford of Delray Beach. So, which do we, where are we going to YouTube or the? Got YouTube? one quick okay. one on YouTube here. Okay. Uh, Crickets is asking, is the purchase <laughs> agreement that is signed before signing or before seeing a financial agreement binding? He says, I had to sign an agreement before the purchase was finalized. Well, there's actually three documents. Uh, there's a worksheet, which is totally in my disclosure, albeit fine print, not legal document. And there's also a vehicle buyer's order. Uh, the answer to your question is, the only legal document you sign if you're financing it is the installment sales contract. Now, if you're paying cash, the vehicle buyer's order is the legal document. The worksheet, which is typical now in dealers all over Florida, I think probably everywhere, they use the worksheet because they can get away with things and they disclose, say, this is not a binding document, mm -hmm. so they can uh, write anything they want. Uh, and they typically will not release any document for you uh, we find our mystery shoppers uh, every now and then will 
be refused, but they sometimes say you can take a picture of it, <laughs> uh, but we can't let you have the document. The yeah. reason for that is they don't want you going to their competition and saying this is the price that uh, they promised me, and they don't. If if you don't have it in writing, they'll say, well, if it's not in writing, they won't honor it. So they don't want to give you ammunition to get a good price from the competition. Mm -hmm. Okay, where are we at? I have a text here. Okay. Uh, it says, morning all. Uh, Josh, to me, you sound very similar to Malcolm Gladwell, <laughs> which in my opinion is a good thing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell, so I, I appreciate that. I uh, don't know who Malcolm Gladwell is. He's an author and podcaster. He oh. wrote um, lots of books. Uh, Talking yeah. with Strangers is his most recent. Oh, he's huh. a really intellectual. He used to write for the New Yorker and stuff. And oh, really cool. fascinating stuff. I'll oh. check him out. He has a really, really cool podcast called Revisionist History. Um, anyways, uh, uh, my question regarding truck purchases, how much aftermarket work are you allowed to do, i.e. lifting your truck after purchase without voiding the warranty? Is it best to do all aftermarket work at the dealership so that the warranty uh, remains intact? I can address that a little bit. I'm sure Rick can also. Um, I believe there's a certain amount of subjectivity in what you can do to the vehicle if you read your, your warranty guide carefully. And, in my experience, a, a minor modification, like a two or three inch lift on a truck, um, will not void the warranty if it's done properly. Um, if something beyond that, like a six inch lift or something like that, you're getting into dangerous waters. A lot of these aftermarket companies will also provide their own warranty, which will supersede the manufacturer's warranty. So um, if you are gonna explore that option, I would definitely find a reputable place make sure they have a solid warranty that acts as a backup because the last thing you want to do is have a severe suspension issue or something like that, take it back to your dealership and, and say, I'm sorry, you've made a modification and, and that's just not covered. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's true. Uh, cars or trucks or any vehicle, you have to be careful. Yep. Um, and I have one more, and if we can squeeze her in. Um, Anne-Marie Grotham has a 2012 Lexus RX 350 since new. Usually she has the service done at, the, at your dealership. She wanted free oil change from the radio show and went to Minus on North Lake. They told her she needed a new um, air filter for the engine and cabin. Wait till you see the cabin filter. And sent a, a picture of a you know, dirty looking cabin filter. So there's not a question there. I'm not sure <laughs> what well, to. Uh, she, she, yeah, she looked at it. That was the key thing. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I was going to say visually inspect it. And uh, Rick has recommended that in the past. But Absolutely. if it's a dirty, dirty filter, then. Then it should be replaced. Yeah, don't take the uh, don't take them at the word necessarily. Ask to see the exactly. see the uh, filter, and uh, I believe that's it for text. I do have a um, uh, one more anonymous feedback, and it's just a quick comment, and then I I can read that and we can move on. Good morning, Earl. I think you are fighting two tough battles: one on the dealer front to, uh, to make them give up their deceitful and shameful tactics, and the other on the consumer front to educate and establish some level of vigilance. How can the listeners of the show help you? Well, uh, Nancy Stewart has uh, asked at every show that uh, someone contact uh, Ashley Moody, the Attorney mm -hmm. General. Ashley Moody is the Chief Law Enforcement Officer in the United States, and nobody strikes fear into the heart of a car dealer uh, greater than Ashley Moody, the Attorney General. One letter uh, from Ashley Moody's office would get any car dealer's attention. And Nancy, do you have that number handy that uh, we can give all the folks out there to uh, contact Ashley Moody? Uh, yes, I do. I'm, I'm saying that hesitantly because I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I, the number is 
850-414-3300. That's 850-414-3300. You can also go to Erlon Cars and download uh, Where to Complain, uh, and it has the form, the form for the Attorney General complaints uh, that you can download, fill that out, and mail it in. It also gives you the forms for the uh, uh, County Office of Consumer Affairs, I think. The What else do we have on there? There's three agents. Oh, Department of Motor Vehicles also. Mm -hmm. But you get the Attorney General complaint form. You can do it that way or, or just call the Attorney General directly. And uh, I promise you it will get the dealer's attention. There's yeah. The Department of Motor Vehicles is also very good. The Better Business Bureau, eh, that doesn't work too well. Uh, even the County Office of Consumer Affairs doesn't work too well, but Department of Motor Vehicles, Florida Department of Motor Vehicles, and the Attorney General, Ashley Moody, if you can get them to contact the dealer, you will get action. You know, we, we've, been, uh, we've been exposing these car dealers uh, week in and week out, and uh, we really need your help, and uh, let your voice be heard. Uh, and you can do that, as Earl said, uh, by calling Ashley. And, yes, I'm on a first-name basis with her. Her number is 850-414-3300, uh, 850-414-3300. Help us help you. Okay, you want to get to the Mystery Shopping Report, or do we have any text lingering in the back? No, I think we're ready to go. Okay, folks, you can continue to text uh, and YouTube and uh, Twitter, and if we have room after this Mystery Shopping Report, we will get those. Uh, before we end the show. Mystery Shop, I always, is it Greco or Greco? I say Greco. Greco. But I say potato and you. You say okay. Greco, okay. I say Greco. Mystery Shop of Greco Ford of Delray <laughs> Beach. Today's Mystery Shop brings us back to a familiar automotive group, the Greco family of car dealerships, specifically Greco Ford of Delray Beach. This is our first visit to this particular location. You know, that dealership was originally owned by uh, Earl Wallace, Bill Wallace's father. Really? And my mother worked at that dealership uh, for Earl Wallace. Ah, that's fasc fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Certain advantages of being an old guy. Is, seen it all. Yeah, seen it all. <laughs> uh, the first visit I said to Greco Ford of Delray Beach. Greco Ford is one of five dealerships the Greco family owns in the state. I said earlier to Nancy 10, they have five dealerships, but they own 11 nationwide. nationwide. Our mystery shopping team has investigated Greco dealership several times over the years without getting into all the details. Let's just say they've ended up on the bad dealer list <laughs> more often than not. And uh, we had some doozy reports uh, for Greco Mazda in North Palm Beach, which is no longer Greco Mazda. They sold that, but mm -hmm. we had some crazy reports from that one. Uh, time and time again, Greco has failed to get a passing grade for consistently using old school high-pressure sales tactics and deceptive advertising. Now, old school, I mean, it's amazing. The franchise system has been around for 100 years, car dealers for 100 years, and there are dealers out there that are doing things the same way they did it almost 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing, nothing has remained as consistent as some of these crazy old school tactics. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just, because I'm an old guy, I know most of the old school stuff, and some of the stuff we used to do. Back back when I was really evil, uh, there were actually car dealers that would take, literally take the keys to the trade-in and throw them up on the roof of the dealership. 
so that the, the, the buyer couldn't leave. I, I want to go home. I'm sorry, the keys are open. <laughs> I thought those were old wife sales. Well, it's not, it's not an old wife sales. <laughs> they used to actually bug the offices where the customers came in, and they would listen to the husband and wife discuss among themselves the price that they were quoted to see if they were. <laughs> the FBI raided dealerships in Texas and closed them down because of what they were doing. I mean, that's, it, was, it, was, it was rough. And, uh, that was part a little bit of that. But we have to list all this I, inside. I'm not sure of limitations. I'm not sure, but I better, yeah. I better. Let's consult yeah. our attorney before yeah, we continue. I'll talk to my attorney before. All, all this inside <laughs> information that we have, and we've shared a lot through the years, yeah. we need to list that on Erlon Cars. Yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> that'll, be the, that'll be the next book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, they've also failed the Takata test, and we, t we, we shopped them a lot. Mm -hmm. So we thought, Greco, if we returned them, uh, we give them the chance to do something right. We always do that. We go back to the bad dealers and the good ones. We keep on top of everything. Hey, we've been doing this for 17 years. Mm. So we've hit just about everybody. The subject of our investigation in Greco, Ford, and Delray is a brightly colored advertisement displayed on the new car specials page of their website. It offers a new 2019 Ford F-150 XLT for up to $13,380 off MSRP. Now that's that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. $13,380 discount off of Monroney label MSRP or 0% for 84 months. Of course, the up to is a much smaller font than the huge $13,800 off MSRP and the or is much smaller than the 0% for 84 months. So two really strong, powerful inducements to come in and buy that truck. The intention, of course, is being, uh, the intention, of course, is, is to make one believe they can get both, if they get the 0% financing and the seven years, and dare I say, my favorite, I coined this, by the way, <laughs> I bought the website, www.aintgonnahappen.com. Ain't gonna happen. Okay, now I'm trying to, I'm trying to lick my finger again. <laughs> Do that every, every week. Of course, below the pretty graphic is the cars, is the car dealer's best friend, fine print. It's every sneaky retailer's best friend, fine print. I mean, you know, fine print should be made illegal. I bet I could run for president of the United States on, and I, my only thing would be make fine print illegal. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't get elected because I'd never get any donations because every retailer in the world would attack me, I'd be, uh, but fine print, what a joke fine print is. I think it was created by lawyers. Without fine print, we wouldn't need lawyers, would we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, for example, this is the fine print uh, that, that you can't read, and it's blown up here. For example, 2019 F-150 XLT, stock number, hashtag KFD 77101. <laughs> you know what that means? There's only one vehicle and that's it that they identify. And although they do say, for example, okay, maybe they got another one. Uh, MSRP fifty-one thousand three eighty. Sale price thirty-seven nine ninety-nine. Tag, tax, title, and dealer fee extra. And uh, they don't say plural dealer fees, but they have more than one dealer fee because they have something. And I'm jumping ahead here. Mm -hmm. They have something called taxable fees. Taxable fees. Hidden fees are dealer fees. 
0% APR for 84 months at uh, $11.09 per month per $1,000 finance. That's a, a ridiculous a truth of lending law that doesn't help me at all see what I'm paying. Yeah, but it's in every offer, and yeah, it's yeah. not very helpful. Not helpful. All offers with approved credit through forward credit, and not all will qualify. All incentives to dealer cannot be combined with any other offer. Photo for illustration purposes only, so that means they can show you a, a new car and sell you a tricycle, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. big fancy wheels, and yours yeah. has ugly steel wheels. Yeah, this, we're selling tricycles. Well, my, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the vehicle. For illustration purposes <laughs> only. <laughs> a portion of this fine print states all incentives to dealers. This phrase is commonly found in disclaimers and is usually there to justify a tremendous discount that only one in a million people could qualify for. Will this be the case? with today's investigation. We called upon Agent Funder to find out. We should get a sound effect, a Funder. We ask Mike in the control that when we say Agent Funder, we can have a Funder sound effect. Can you do a Thunder, Rick? Or? Rick, Rick does dogs, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Not can't. bad, not bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll get a, that was lightning, we'll, though. We'll get something else yeah. for next week. Okay. Lightning doesn't make noise. <laughs> it makes thunder. Okay, here's the report. <laughs> Ta -da. Operation report arrived at Greco Ford and was pleasantly surprised not to see a group of salespeople waiting outside to pounce. I call them the wolf pack. And uh, it's scary, you know. And mm -hmm. So intimidating. Of, you see that yeah. lineup. Yeah, they're smoking cigarettes and mm -hmm. they got long Sunglasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. And upon entering the store, I was pleased to see that everyone was wearing a mask. And, uh, you know, when you, you feel like, when you, even before COVID, you think they should be wearing masks. <laughs> uh, or you know. a biohazard suit <laughs> or something. A man named Drew approached, and we bumped elbows as he introduced himself. He came across as kind and professional. These are real names, by the way. Greco, uh, Ford, and Drew. These are real names. We name names, places, and events. Hold nothing back. Uh, he began gathering some basic information from me, name, email, phone, number, and ask what vehicle I was interested in. I told him about the ad I saw for the 2019 Ford F-150. I explained that I needed a work truck, that the big discount really caught my attention. Perfect, he replied. I have a few lined up. Let's go take a look. We landed on a truck in a lovely shade of blue. <laughs> I, was, I was enjoying the comment that came in earlier because of that. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you sound like your brother there because you know, Stu gets caught up in... I have, big, I have big shoes to fill with, too. He's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a, a poet. Yeah. I, I, I dare <laughs> I say a poet. Yeah. Uh, he opened all doors, cranked the AC, did a thorough presentation. Drew really knew his stuff. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say, Drew really drew me in. <laughs> it was that good. Yeah, it was then time to head inside and get to the numbers. Uh, referring to the ad, Drew informed me that I could get the three. Could not. I could not get the $13,000 discount with the 0% financing. That's an either or. Mm -hmm. And folks out there, anytime you see the real low financing rate by the manufacturer, it's an either or. They'll always offer you an alternative to take a discount. And you've got to do the arithmetic, how long you want to finance it, how big is your down payment, meaning how big is you going to have to uh, find how big a number you're going to have to finance. It's all a, it's a simple th uh, decision, really. And mm -hmm. you, should, uh, you should do the arithmetic before you decide. Uh, uh, I, I, so I said that I would take the uh, cash rebate and the discount that could not be applied. Special rate. I told him that I understood and asked for pricing both ways. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Get it both ways, with a zero percent and also with the thirteen thousand dollars off. 
He asked a few questions. Was I in the military? Here we go. You've heard, you regular listeners have heard this one. Uh, or, um, or a veteran. Was that either or? That's or? what, yeah, Thunder said. Is, um, they, they're two distinct uh, yeah. categories, military so and veteran. So if you're in the military, you're not a veteran yet. So I think it's probably logically impossible to qualify for both because yeah. You're, yeah. You're, if you're active duty, you're not a veteran. Yeah. I, I currently, and, and I wonder if I owned a Ford. And a couple of questions reply, related to my credit. Uh, I answered no to the military, veteran, and Ford ownership, and explained I had excellent credit. He left to go see his manager. About eight minutes later, he returned with two printed proposals, one with a 0% financing and one without. He pointed to the first one. This is with the cash rebate. But you didn't qualify for everything, so your total savings are $8,652. By not qualifying for everything, he meant the rebates related to being in the military, veteran in the current forward ownership. And the odds of that happening, uh, uh, one out of 500. Astronomical. Yeah, and it just, it's just. Uh, pointing uh, to the second sheet, uh, and here's your pricing with a 0% uh, for 84 months with total savings of $4,152. So apparently there was a $4,500 cash rebate that you yeah. had to give up to get the 0% financing. Yeah. Which in my mind really doesn't make it 0% if you're paying for the low interest. Yeah, you are, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly, it's almost uh, a violation of truth in lending. Yeah, you would think so in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's a, the next exception is right below that. I'm looking at the worksheet, market value selling price, and we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. uh, it was $40,885, jacked it up considerably. Unfortunately, this latest trip to Greco did not buck the trend that just handed them, uh, landed them on our bed uh, dealer list multiple times. Uh, they advertise a discount that's nearly impossible to qualify for. Uh, that's, uh, that wasn't disclosed in the fine print. Uh, or was it disclosed? Um, didn't say they, Ford owner. They, they said all incentives to dealer. So yeah. I think in yeah. some way saying all yeah. incentives refers to it in a very roundabout way. That, I'm sure that doesn't legally qualify as disclosure. Uh, okay. It's uh, like dealer fees and uh, hidden fees. Uh, you're supposed to include them in the price, not just, uh, just say we have a hidden fee or we have a dealer fee. You have to include it in the price. That's the law. Mm -hmm. Additionally, a close look at the buyer's order shows that the market value of selling price of 40885 upon which they calculated the total savings was not the real MSRP. The actual MSRP on this vehicle is 39635 So. How much do you want me to discount the car for? Well, I'll, put, I'll have a market value of $1 million. I'll give you a really big discount. Yeah. Right? And so it just makes it meaningless. The Monroney suggested retail is by law a figure that is supposed to be in all cars, new cars, and it gives the buyer the option to compare with dealer A, B, and C. You get the same MSRP, the dealer with the biggest discount has the best price. Mm -hmm. If every dealer can come up with his own market value, smoke and mirror market value, you have nothing to base it on. Nothing's real anymore. You know, hidden fees, the guy with the biggest hidden fee can advertise the lowest price because he's gonna hit you over the head with that $2,000 hidden fee. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, embarrassing. To be a car dealer, sometimes I'm embarrassed. I'm at a party, they ask me, what do you do for a living? I tell them I'm a, I'm a shepherd. <laughs> I don't. I tend to my flock. Yes. 
Uh, the actual MSRP is uh, okay. The arbitrary $1,250 markup over sticker simply allows them to show a greater discount than they're actually offering. In addition to this bogus market, they included something called Zurich Shield, uh, a Swiss, uh, yes, Swiss sort of the thing. The finest made precision shield <laughs> available. $249 Zurich Shield. Uh, it's the Swiss they, Army Knife of Shields. What? The Swiss Army Knife of Shields. Yeah, they, yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Agent Thunder called the dealership later to explain this charge. It was told that it was an exterior protective application, but it was optional. So now they're vacillating on, on the Zurich Shield. If you hadn't said anything, bam, you'd have had it. Exactly. Yeah. Or you'd have uh, uh, Jack, or you'd have uh, Toyo Guard. Uh, there's always something to protect you that you don't want to be protected <laughs> from. And, and the, the laugh is it doesn't really protect you. They're, they're so nurturing. They, all they want to do is protect yeah, everybody. Yeah. And, uh, 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 Napleton had the Hyundai, was it the protection package? Or no, no, the, uh, the Napleton something or other. I, I think then they have the Napleton experience. Experience, just, yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah. The, the abstract notion, yes. the idea of being there is worth $8,000. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somebody would have to pay me for the Naples experience. I, I, I wouldn't have a Naples experience unless you pay me to go in there. I don't want that experience. And lastly, they added their dealer dock fee of $9.99 along with unnamed taxable fees of $6.75. Now, uh, I looked at the other document and it said $139.45. I meant to ask you before the show. So that would be the taxable fees, and then there's non, I'm sorry. Yeah, the non-tax fees are 675, and the taxable fees are yeah. 139. So I, I maybe we ha I had yeah. that reverse there. The taxable yeah. fees, I imagine, would be uh, yeah. e-filing or, yeah. like I said, it's uh, they don't have a name; they just gotcha. thrown into a category. It's a, it's a dealer fee in the generic term, and so. So between that, the Zurich Shield and the dealer dock fee, you're looking at yeah. about 1,400 dollars in dealer fees. Yeah. So here we are, another Greco shop. Um, Nancy and I were. Uh, talking in the car on the way to the radio station about the shop and and we we're talking about what uh, was this a passing shop or not passing and uh, we're talking about the fact that it really is not a good shop but then again we have to look at the curve because we have to rather than absolute scores because most dealers charge dealer fees we can't fail somebody for charging a dealer fee because most dealers have addendum labels. We can't fail a dealer for having addendum label and that conversation. So when we look at Greco, Del Rey, Ford, we have to look at what do they do that um, most other dealers don't do, or I won't say most, but uh, other dealers don't do that is crosses the line that either passes them or fails them. So that's the criteria we use, and uh, hopefully we'll get some callers and and uh, we'll get some uh, texters, I should say, and YouTubers to give us a vote. We, do we have any votes yet on Greco Ford? Not yet. Okay. I think they're, they're, they passed out from well, shock. Yeah. We're looking for them. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's go. Uh, Nancy, what do you say? I, Are you saying we have no uh, votes on We have no bananas. <laughs> yes, we have no bananas. <laughs> We've said that a lot, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> uh, Josh, do we have any? Uh, uh, not on my end, uh, but I'd be happy to offer my uh, my personal assessment. Well, let's get started, oh. yeah, and then we'll have some text flow in as we discuss it. I was I was going to go with an F, but you you tugged at my heartstrings when you said we should grade on a grade on a curve, so I'll I'll, I'll go with a D. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what do you say, Rick? I'm going to agree with the D. I do too. I th I think the one that uh, that tempted me to fail them, and I won't I won't fail them. 
uh, is the uh, criteria for uh, discounts you can't qualify for, for being a veteran, being a, in the active military, and owning a Ford. If you're going to do that, dealers out there listening, uh, make it clear, clear disclosure. I mean, just say Ford owners get an extra $500 discount. Uh, if, you, uh, if you have fees that, how many people in the South Florida market are in active military? Would it be 1%? Probably, I mean, yeah. It would be a that. minuscule. If we were in Pensacola, uh, you know, it would be a different story. Sure. And there are parts of the country where that would be a fair thing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we've actually seen dealers have farmer discounts. How many farmers do we have uh, in uh, Palm Beach County? I mean, it's just. Uh, I, that's what I asked this morning about the farmers. Yeah. You know? Uh, but, now we got some coming in. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead. Excuse me. I'll go ahead and vote. And. You know, I'm not going to take your advice about the, the voting on the curve. Uh, I, I give them an F, you know. Okay. I, I was close. I, yeah. I almost did. And so did Josh. It's a, uh, we're probably D minus, aren't we, Josh? Yeah, the, the low end of D. D minus. So they remain oh, uh, on the bad dealer list. Tim would like to give them an A, but unfortunately they only qualify for an F. But the F is protected by Zurich Shield. Uh, Donovan says simply an F. Cram, F, I have better things to do with $1,400. Uh, let's see, Frank, D, Mark Smith, D. And I have Mark from St. Louis, J for joke. Marking up the MSRP should be criminal. Karen gives him a D minus. Guy Larrabee gives him a D. Rico West, A for Zurich Shield, D for fees and deceitfulness. Casey Neary, a fail. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it, that was a close call. You made it through by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, Greco Ford, and we're going to be back, and maybe next time we're not going to be so kind. So you got, you got a D minus, and we're going to keep you, put you on the recommended list, but we're going to be back. You, I really don't like that military rebate, the veteran rebate, and the Ford owner without disclosure. That's the worst thing you did. And uh, the rest of it, you know, you could have slipped by on the curve grading. But uh, next time we'll fail you. You need to get rid of that. Don't use those unqualifiable rebates or discounts that you know people can't qualify for. Just one, one dirty trick at a time. One dirty trick at a time. <laughs> and Cram1624 is asking... Will the Zurich Shield protect you from the virus? <laughs> what happens if you uh, What happens if you wax your car over that uh, Zurich Shield? I don't know. I mean, the wax just falls uh, right uh, off. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Josh was talking about voiding warranties earlier in the show. Uh, what happens to the Zurich? <laughs> anyway, uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Without you, uh, well. It wouldn't be an exciting show. And uh, we'll be right back here next week. And uh, you can tune in at 8 a.m. We'll be right here. Stay safe and have a great weekend.